This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. Hey, and welcome back to another episode. We talked about quiet firing in the last episode. This week, we're going to be talking about how to improve human performance. Some of you may be familiar with this concept, others may not, or may know it by other names. So what are we talking about? Optimizing human performance refers to a combination of approaches and techniques that can help each individual achieve a person's mission effectively. In other words, it means functioning at a higher level in order to meet new challenges rather than simply resisting them. It means taking a look at key and critical factors that make up a person. It's examining their social, psychological, spiritual, nutritional, and psychological domains and how to make improvements in each area for a person to perform at their maximum potential on any day. The military has started to implement the strategy over the past few years and professional sports teams have been doing this even longer. But let me back up for a second. How does quiet quitting and quiet firing tie into this concept? In my mind, it ties in this way. These methods result from burnout and taking the easy way out of a problem. Stressed out and overworked employees sandbag and burn out and less informed leaders don't tackle problems head on. They find the easy way out. If leaders focused on self-care, and yes, human performance optimization is a big form of self-care. So if an organization wanted to have happier and more engaged people, then having programs like this could help with burnout. Um, and I've been using the Gallup poll um, that came out last year talking about um, the dissatisfaction employees have in the global work environment and in uh, the U.S. work environment, as well as uh, the same one that talks about it's because of a lack of engaged leadership. And, and that's where all of this is really stemming from. And so with human optimization, we can really tie all that together by uh, one, having individuals take accountability for themselves and their actions and organizations helping people uh, take care of themselves. So let's dive in into each domain. So the social domain consists of family and friends and the relationships that we have with people. To think that this doesn't have an impact in the workplace is a misconception. I'm sure you've heard of leave work at work and leave your home life at home. Well, that, that just doesn't work. I mean, think about it. If you're in a relationship with someone and you have a fight the night before or you get in a fight the morning of going to work, that's going to have an impact on your day, whether it's with a spouse, significant other, or with a child. It's still going to have an impact on your day. Even with friends, if you have a fight with a friend, it's going to have an impact on your day. And then also think about the amount of friends you have or the lack of friends that you have also has an impact. You know, who can you go to to talk to and to vent and to get things off your chest? Who can you turn to and who do you turn to that is going to provide you with good, positive feedback and not feed into the drama and the issue to make it worse? I would say anyone who adds fuel to the fire is a bad friend. Anyone who helps provide valuable feedback and helps de-escalate tensions and emotions is a good friend and a better friend. 
So looking at the social domains of a person, we can help improve performance at work by helping people develop good boundaries and habits to aid with people and to aid them with surrounding themselves with people uh, that are best for them and each other. And this is just the tip of the iceberg with the social domain that has an uh, impact. But oftentimes we don't stop to think about uh, that domain when it comes to the workplace. And then there's the physical domain. You know, are you sedentary or do you exercise? So I'm a big proponent of exercise when it comes to stress management and how you feel. Now, I'm not talking about making it hardcore, doing it anything that, you know, turning it into a chore. I think you should genuinely enjoy doing it. Um, but, you know, are you walking for a period of time that gets your blood pumping? Or do you lift weights? Do you do circuit trainer circuit training? Do you have high intensity workout intervals? And you may say, well, I don't have time to work out because my job takes a lot of my time and my family takes a lot of my time. Well, I will offer up to you. There are programs out there where you can put on a YouTube video and work out for 20 minutes with just your body weight. It's all about your mindset that you have about it and actually wanting to do it. And I have a job that is pretty sedentary now. You know, I sit behind a desk uh, most of the time and I do a lot of reading and writing. And if I don't work out, uh, my mindset and my mood isn't really in the right place. Now, for employers, healthy people call out of work less. They get less sick, which means they are more productive in the workplace and they are more present in the workplace. As leaders, are we offering a space? And by space, I mean a location or time where employees can move around and get exercise. Or are you tying them to a desk all the time? You know, not all the time, but most of the time, there is a direct correlation to the level of physical fitness and to how someone feels about themselves and how productive they are at work. If you look at any study, the correlation is clear and it is there. So my question to leaders out there is, and to organizations, how do we balance this? You know, what times and spaces are we providing to allow people to uh, participate in the physical domain? And are we creating a culture where that's accepted and encouraged? Or are we creating a culture where we're saying, no, you should really be tied to your desk and you should really, really sit there all the time and you should really, really, really not um, do anything else other than work while you're at work. So it's a fine balance, but how do we balance this? And going hand in hand with the physical domain is the nutritional domain, right? Now, I'm not saying that if you love Doritos or fries, and by all the way, I love eating both of those. I'm not saying don't eat those. I'm saying... Eat those in moderation, right? Uh, but if you're working first and third shifts, and usually those are overnights and early mornings, how do we manage nutrition in a way where we can set conditions to have healthy options all the time? You know, these shifts are brutal uh, and don't work with everyone's sleep uh, cycles. And often we grab the easiest, most accessible thing to eat before we wake up and take a nap. You know, so if you're leaving uh, third shift, and you're coming home in the morning and you're like, okay, well, I'm really, really tired. Do you stop at, you know, a fast food restaurant and just grab whatever? Or do you wait till you get home to cook something? Or did you prep something the night before or the week before so you can have it heat up in the microwave, eat it, wait a few seconds, and then go to sleep? Um, you know, so it's all about creating uh, conditions and setting conditions for the best nutritional uh, habit uh, that you can get. And it's hard. And it has to, you know, be intentional. But this has an effect on our mental state and our physical state, which has a direct correlation on how we are productive in the workplace and the quality of work that we perform. How do organizations help people with this? 
I would say many organizations leave it up to the individual to figure it out, right? They're like, I, I'm paying you to work and for you to produce at work. I'm not paying you, um, you know, to figure out how to eat healthy, right? But if we truly cared about our people, maybe we can offer easily accessible selections in the workplace or maybe on the way out of the workplace have um, things that people can grab on the way out to their cars or on so they can eat on the way home. And yes, people do eat in the car on the way home. That is a thing. Or maybe places can offer meal prepping courses that are virtual and have consultants with nutritionists and they can come in and talk with people in the workplace. Uh, this also ties into the social domain because with family dynamics, there are competing agendas, right? It's inherent and unavoidable. If you have a lot of kids, you are going to most likely cook what is the easiest to cook for a lot of people. And that may not necessarily be the healthiest thing to feed a lot of people, right? Or how do you uh, gain the support of your loved ones so that way everyone's eating on the same page? Or maybe we're prepping something on a different time for some people and prepping things for different people. And when you're managing multiple people and multiple personalities in a household to get the best nutritional outcome, that's really hard to do. And if you just sit back and think about it for a second, it's really hard and we just do it as second nature because we don't think about it. It's not intentional. And I think that if we got more intentional about it, uh, you would feel better about it and you know you can actually help each other out. And all of those are relevant discussions to have in and out of the workplace. In the spiritual domain, this focus on our souls. Studies have shown another direct correlation on how work performance uh, when people are happy in their spiritual lives as well. Even with those that state that they have no spiritual connections, we all have a soul. We all have this thing that makes us unique and different and special in our own way. Often this aspect gets overlooked due to competing goals, work-life balance, uh, leisure, rest, you name it, this aspect gets dropped more often than not and overlooked. The psychological domain focuses on how our brains work with our emotions. Sometimes we have a hard time dealing with how we feel about something, even though our mind is okay with it because we know the facts around the situation. And there can be an incongruency with our thought process and actually how our emotions and our soul feels about it, right? So what happens when you know we have a self-identity and then a life event happens and we can no longer identify with what we had in our minds as what we identified as? I did a podcast last year on uh, self-identity and how people often confuse their identity with their job or work or careers. Uh, so if that's you and that changes, how do you deal with that while moving on to the next thing? This has a profound impact on how we perform in the workplace and in our home lives. While some believe counseling may be for the weak-minded people, I will offer up to you that to deal with yourself and examining yourself is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do, but that's only if you do it. So I say all of this to say this, take care of yourselves, especially if you have been charged with taking care of others in a leadership role that you can lead by example, right? And I've said this a million times and I'll say it again. If you can't take care of yourself, you are in no place to help or take care of others. You can try, but you will not be very good at it. You may succeed, but you will be on the struggle bus the entire time you are doing it. So wrapping this up, I just wanted to thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. Before we go, I'd like to ask a favor of you. 
If you could please share this episode with one or two other people who might like this topic. And if you haven't followed or or subscribed on whatever platform you're doing that on, uh, please do that before you leave the episode. And also uh, make sure to hit those alert icons so you can be alerted when another episode comes out. Uh, It's been a little bit inconsistent lately, but I'm trying to do my best to get back on track. I owe that to you and I take that seriously. So if you could, um, you know, share that and like it so that way we can get this out with one or with more people. And if you'd like to leave a comment um, on the value that you got out of this, so that way other people who may not have gotten the chance to discover the podcast yet, a comment and a rating would also help uh, raise awareness in, in that way, too. So I appreciate you for doing that. So thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.